Why even Dracula will be there? It's time for games, it's time for fun, not for just one, but for everyone. Hello everyone, welcome to B is for Bad. Uh, I know it's been a couple of weeks, for those of you who uh, aren't binging this right now, but it's been a couple of weeks, it's been about a month, and I apologize with the holiday happening and with hanging out with friends and having every weekend be extremely busy. It hasn't been the easiest for me to sit down and record and edit and things, so I, I want to apologize for that. Also, for some reason, my depression has really been kick, ramp, ramping up and kicking in, and I, I apologize for not getting out there and getting, getting uh, episodes recorded and, and ready for you. But I'm going to apologize, and let's move on. Uh, so, in the beginning, you've no doubt heard a different song. There was something off about it, probably, or you're like, this isn't what was in episode one, or even in, you know, Jacob All Trades. Well, that was called Outsider Music, and if I'm correct, I would have used something I will, because I'm recording this in the past, I will use something from the Shags, um, which if you don't know who the Shags are, I will get into history of that later. In fact, in the link dump in the in down below in the description, I will link to a YouTube video that is detailing nothing but uh, outsider music. So give it a watch. It, it's a really good watch. I really enjoyed it whenever I watched it. I didn't even understand what outsider music was until I looked at this. and. It, it kind of opened my eyes, and I'm like, let's get into that. So, let's get into that. Uh, oh, with this being episode two, I feel kind of ashamed to say this because it's been a couple of weeks or a month, rather, but we do have some sponsors. Uh, our first sponsor, actually, we're sponsored by Home Depot. Their uh, new product is called Clay Cubes. Clay Cubes. Get your cubes of clay. That's, that's what it says right there. We're also sponsored by the letter B. B is for bad, buckets of blood. It's it's about time. You know, the tagline they have is save the bees. So we gotta save those bees, guys. Uh, anyways, so let's let's get on to a bucket of blood. Um, so I want to say, too, is that I'm drinking um, my poison of choice. Those of you who know me personally know what that is. Those of you who do not know me personally, get prepared to know me personally. This is uh, whiskey and Coke. I'm drinking do uh, bird dog. Bird dog and Coke. Yes, those of you who are whiskey connoisseurs are like, Ew, gross, he's drinking bird dog. Well, I like it. So, anyway, so a bucket of blood. Uh, was a 1959 horror comedy movie. It was written by Charles B. Griffith, who had written other things like Little Shop of Horrors and Death Race 2000. Uh, it was directed by Roger Corman, who 
also directed in Little Shop of Horrors and Death Race, but also directed Silence of the Lambs. Um, this stars Dick Miller as Walter Paisley, Barbara Morris as Carla, Julian Burton as Maxwell Brock, and Anthony Carbone as Leonard. The, if the IMDb says that it is about a dim-witted busboy who finds a claim as an artist for a plaster-covered dead cat that is mistaken for a skillful statuette, which is pretty true. I, I want to say this like off the bat. For those of you who, who have watched this and you kind of came back being like, well, that's not bad. Uh, I, I, I realized that as I was watching it, and I'm like, this isn't bad. It's just really obscure, so it, it's it's not bad. I, I, I want to point that out for those. I don't want to mislead anybody. This is just, it's just obscure. So, there we go. <laughs> Clear, clearing that up. Um, so, let's, let's start with the opening shot. So, we have this bearded man who is currently just doing a monologue. He's speaking. He's talking. And there's there's a, a saxophone in the background. And he's giving a, a monologue, as it's called. And he goes, I will talk to you of art, for there is nothing else to talk about. For there is nothing else. This establishes a very hard, heavy art theme. So we know immediately, you know, this is about art. This is about, like, finding your way as an artist. And, and you know, there is nothing else to talk about. It's art. We're going to be looking at art today, you know? And then one line that he says is, what is not creation is graham crackers. Let it all crumble to feed the artist. This is important. Our main character says this a lot. And think about it. What is not creation is graham crackers, right? Thinking about this like as a world, like if you if you have any religion at all, you'll know that everything around you is creation. It was created by a deity. For me, it's God. For other people, it's it's I don't, I don't even know. It, it's it's another deity. But for me, it's God. So everything around me is well creation. But there are certain things that you know necessarily aren't creation. Things that don't fulfill these needs, such as work. Work is not creation. You know, I mean, you're creating money, and you're creating productivity, and you're creating different things, but let it crumble. Let it not exist. It should feed my art, or the art, right? Art imitates life. And let's get past this, but I'm just saying, those two lines... What is not creation is graham crackers. Let it all crumble to feed the artist. Is such an amazing thing to live by. Genuinely, if you're an artist, if you're creative of, of any type, you should take note of that. What is not creation is graham crackers. Let it crumble to feed the artist. Think about it. In your life right now where you're working, you're working eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, right? <clears throat> At least I hope you are. If you didn't have to do that and you could just do art, you wouldn't have anything. 
my art stems from real life experiences and and you have to have an inspiration in some way shape or form that that is not creation that that is not you sitting down at a desk and writing and drawing and painting and whatever that that is not that all that is not that action of creation is meant to feed you is meant to give you inspiration as an artist think about that this is what's going through our main character's mind they don't say it they don't speak it they just say all that is not creation is graham crackers let it crumble to feed the artist that's what he says and i i really want you to think about it let's continue he talks about they were born they were artists right he's not saying that those who don't do art aren't born no they're just unremarkable those who are artists live on through their work. Think about Da Vinci. Right? He made works. He made art. People still talk about him today. He is alive today. Think about Van Gogh. We all talk about him, how he cut his ear off. But he didn't actually cut his ear off. He cut his ear lobe off and gave it to a prostitute. But anyway, right? They were alive. Right? And th this... The whole speech kind of, like, it, it introduces and establishes, like, a weird atmosphere. Like, you know this isn't going to be a normal movie. This is going to be, like, an art movie. But it's on the very edge. It's literally the very edge of an art movie. It's to the point where it's not... It, it's not German enough to be an art film. But it's also not entirely uninspired. So... It, it, it's got such a nice upbeat to it, you know. Let's continue on. So we are introduced to our main character, Walter, who is a busboy, which is awesome. We know who he is. We know his name. We know his profession. We know that he's an aspiring artist, right? He doesn't have to say anything, right? I mean, he does say stuff. They're like, what are you working on? He's like, I'm working on something. And he talks for a while about art and all that fun stuff. And it's, it's, it's cool, but you know that he has an interest in art. And then we find the owner, his name is Leonard, is like, hey, uh, get back to work. So he gets back to work. Now, this is like, I've worked at a coffee shop before, so I know what it's like. What, like, having artists around you and having people who are creative just surrounding you and being there and it, it it's cool it's cool and it's great but this is a this is an art house right this is an art house doesn't have a cafe theme it's more of a bar it's called the yellow door now if this wasn't in black and white the yellow door would make a little bit more sense however this is all in black and white so we can't really tell that it's a yellow door let's continue so there's a side plot that there are police. Now, we don't understand this at this point as to why, but there are police. Uh, and they're kind of staking this place out, but they're doing it very covertly. And honestly, to me, honestly, the one dude looks a little bit like Jake Johnson. If you've ever watched uh, uh, New Girl, it, Nick, 
That's Jake Johnson. He kind of looks a little bit like Jake Johnson. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just saying it. Check the link dump for a comparison just so you can see it. Maybe not even a comparison. Maybe just a picture of Jake Johnson. But just just look. Like, it looks like him. I'm sorry. Let's continue. So, Mr. Brock, as he's known, uh, he says he refuses to say anything twice. Repetition is death. That's an important thing to remember. Repetition is death. Now, for those of you out there who have depression, you know that you repeat things every so often. I'm not staring at you. I'm not looking at you. I'm not pointing it out. I'm simply just saying that that is a, a thing of depression. You repeat things. So saying repetition is death is, is not putting into account certain groups of people. Anyways, so Walter comes up to the table and he repeats, you know, repetition is death, you know, or the, uh, he, he, he repeats something, right? The uh, artist is fed by the graham crackers of things that aren't creation or whatever, right? We can tell that he's kind of, you know, he just picked that up. He knew immediately, you know, that line. He could repeat that back to you forward and back. He heard it once. But yet, repetition is death. So he comes to the table, and I can't tell if they're making fun of Walter or what they're doing, but they're not nice people at this point. And it's never established whether they actually like Walter or not. Uh, The majority of people do not like Walter. I don't know why, they just don't like him. And then, you know, we're kind of introduced to the uh, Beatniks, who are literally the best characters they they are amazing they are astounding i love the beatniks and <laughs> let's continue a little bit so going back to my point previously is that walter is not liked and i believe it's because he's just a busboy he's not an artist he doesn't have he doesn't deserve these people res- these people's respect he just exists and has a job to feed these people and give these people drink and that's it he doesn't have a purpose he's just sort of there he just exists he's he's not an artist he has no purpose so we're going to like the next scene he's going to his apartment and his landlady asks walter do you want some soup and he's like nah i'm all right i don't want any soup and then he goes into his house and makes some soup anyway so he says he said back at the bar, back at the yellow door, that he was working on something. Well, we get back to his house, and he never opened the uh, the uh, Home Depot brand clay cubes in his house. He never opened them, right? They're just, it, it was just there. He opened it immediately. And now, it, you know, he's just kind of working on it. And where's, where's the part where he says it? I don't think I have it as a note, but, like, when he says, come on, be a nose, be a nose, it's, that's such a true artist thing. Like, I've done, I don't know how many times I've done it whenever I'm drawing. I'll be like, that doesn't look like an eye. That mouth is lopsided. Just be friggin' ears, man. Come on. Like, it's happened, you know? But that is the thing. It's very relatable to artists right there. Um, anyway, so 
he he hears this cat whining, right? And we establish whenever his landlady comes in, she's like, hey, have you seen Frankie, my cat? I don't know where he went. So we hear the cat walking in his walls. Cat's meowing and whatever. And he's like, Frankie, come on, man. He hits his head on the overhead lamp, and it just keeps swinging, right? So that's adding to his frustration. He's got that, the lamp swinging, He's got the cat meowing. He's got this clay he doesn't know how to work with. He's he's worked up, right? Like, he, he just keeps quoting repetition is death. He just keeps quoting that monologue, you know? Eventually, you know, he finds the cat in the wall. He decides the best way to get the cat out of the wall is to, well, break the wall. So instead of doing what any normal person would do, like getting a hammer or telling his landlady, hey, she's in the wall, he decides to get a knife. And he puts it in the wall and jams it right through the cat. This cat is already, and pardon pardon the pun here, this cat is already catatonic. So as he's taking this cat from the wall... He's still talking to this cat like it's still alive. Which he probably isn't able to process it. Not able to process that this cat just was there and then it got killed. Right? I don't think he, he can process how, how, how this is working. He's still talking to it. He's still like, Frankie, it's going to be okay, man. I mean, you're dead. And your landlady had food for you, but you'll be alright. Well, it's obviously dead. And then he like... Gets the idea. Well, as he's sitting there, you've seen the light is still moving. That's that's a good touch. I gotta be honest, that's still a good touch. You're seeing this sort of, you know, like the light bulb going off in his head. That's what the light swinging is, like, symbolizing, I think. Anyways. So, he decides to go to sleep. And he decides to sleep in his jeans. Alright. I don't... I don't... I don't agree with that. I don't think that's a good thing to do. That's just a weird little thing. And then he he looks at this picture, and it's a picture of this girl named Carla. So then we see him the next day, and he goes, look at this thing that I made. He's, like, really excited about it. And she's like, what is it? And he's like, it's a sculpture. I made it. Look how good it is. And he goes, like, yo, it's called Dead Cat. This shows, like, how literally exactly how uncreative Walter actually is. He's just like, I'm going to call it Dead Cat because it's a dead cat. Like, you could have named it something more artistic. But no, you decide Dead Cat. He's put on the spot, and he's like, I'll just, I'll go with that. Like, okay, sure. So... Whenever he stabbed the cat, it was originally, like, higher up. Like, it was, like, in the cat's side, right? And now, it's in the hind legs, which is kind of weird. And then it moves to the middle. So, like, it's inconsistent. I don't know. So, they bring the cat in, and it's displayed, and we find out that Mr. Brock's name is Maxwell, and he's like, you should call me by my first name, 
just call me Maxwell. Like, what an honor is that? You know, what What an honor. Like, he's gaining respect. And you can tell that he's gaining respect at this point. Now, to anyone who's an artist, like, like me, you don't know whether people are being genuine when they like your art or if they're just playing along to be like, oh, yeah, your art's really good. Like, you can't tell. I can't tell. You know, there's no way to tell if someone's being truly genuine or not, but at the same time, you can't deny compliments. So just be like, yeah, thanks. Like, but, like, what an honor, okay, to call him Maxwell. Uh, we're now learning that the name of the art house is called the Yellow Door. And then Maxwell does a monologue. He does a full monologue. And I put ironic in it because he then tells him to go get an, ex an espresso. Well, for having as much respect for, for him as you do, wouldn't you think somebody else would get you an espresso? Now, it turns out that everybody loves Walter. That is not going to happen. Nobody's just going to say, oh, this guy's an artist. Quick, pick him up. Surround him. Talk with him about his new piece. That doesn't happen. It, it, I have in my notes delusion, like with a question mark, because, like, he's got to be out of his mind at this point. Like, that, that doesn't happen. And then... Nalia, I think her name is Nalia, Nolia, Nalia, whatever. She's saying slang that is just super outdated. This is why I don't like. This is why I don't like contemporary things, because when you say contemporary things, they tend to date themselves. So right now, if I look at like a movie that's like. Yo, swag and yeet. I'm going to be like, in 20 years, I'll be like, ew. Like, I did that with the Duff a while back, and I'm like, all this stuff is woefully outdated. These memes aren't funny anymore. These are clearly pandering. But that's just me. But yeah, anyway, so her slang was way outdated, and then she gives him something. We don't know what that thing is. It's it's It looks like a necklace to me. And, you know, I'm clueless, Walter's clueless. Well, it turns out that it's drugs. And now the cops make sense. It's a sting operation. They're trying to find who is dealing these drugs. We uh, find out this one cop decides to go to Walter's apartment. And he asks him a couple of questions. He asks him a couple of questions. You know, and he's like, you uh, you got some drugs there, bud. And he's like, no, Nalia gave this to me. And the cop's like, who's your supplier? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, that is heroin. And Walter's like, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't know. The cop's like, yeah, you're coming with me. And he's like, no. And he pulls out a gun. And he's like, I'm, I, maybe. He's like... I'm gonna, he's like, you're going to shoot me. And then he hits him in the head with this friggin' frying pan that he was going to use to make, you know, pancakes. And th there was a lot of screaming. His landlady comes, and she's like, what was all that screaming about? Well, you know, you see this hand just 
fall from the ceiling, and it's just there, and you start seeing this blood dripping from the hand, not the head, like where he actually hit him. I'm not sure if it would bleed through the tile or, or what. If he wouldn't even be bleeding at that point, it would just be draining out of him. But the fact that it's draining down his hand and not his head is kind of weird. And the blood is draining really fast. Like, it's going quick. We also see that whenever he has the pan down, it doesn't stay in a single line. It kind of goes along the back. I'm not sure if that was somebody's mistake or if blood would actually do that. I doubt it would actually do that. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's not a pan of blood. It's a bucket of blood. That's what the... That's what that denotes for me. And then he, you know, Walter starts repeating these things after killing Lou, who is the cop. Because, you know, repetition is death. So we kind of pan to um, to Lou's house. Or the green, the yellow door. I can't really tell because it's all in black and white. But this, but the statuette, dead cat, falls. And it busts open. And it cracks in the middle, not on the back where it fell. Alright. So, let's continue on. Uh, so the cat was nothing. It was just an animal. It was an accident. Not an animal. It was just an accident. right? He didn't mean to kill the cat. He meant to get him out of the wall. Well, Lou was a person. And... Walter attacked him intentionally. He thought he was going to die. So he reacted self-defensely. But there was also no harm meant for him. So he technically killed him in cold blood. Well, the song at the yellow door sings about a murderer. This adds tension and pressure to us, the watcher, and to Walter, the main character. So it, it feels like everyone is making fun of, of him, of Walter. And it, it doesn't feel genuine. Their, their reactions to him and they're talking to him, it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel right. Well, whenever he reveals his next sculpture, known as Murdered Man, Lou gives him kind of an expecting look. He's like, so this guy's really dead. Like, he really murdered this man. And, you know, he, he knows. He does know at this point. Because he found the cat. And the cat had fur underneath it. So, obviously, that was a real cat under there. So, whenever he says, murdered man, and he sees that it's a full murdered man, he's like, yeah, he's not messing around. He ain't messing around. So, he shows them murdered man. Uh, Walter shows Leonard and Carla murdered man. Of course, Leonard knows that underneath the, the plaster is a real human body. Carla just thinks it's a sculpture. A full, full sculpture. I think the only reason she likes it is because of morbid curiosity. It looks so real, it looks so gross, but... It's such a person, you know? It's like it's like an actual person is there. Because, well, to you and me, there is. To her, it's just a sculpture. 
and somebody says executed it. Leonard gets hot because he knows that underneath the sculpture is uh, again a person. I want to mention also that the eyes are made of clay too. He didn't just cover them over. He put details in those eyes. Look at them. Go back and look at them. Those eyes are real. They're staring at you. They are made of clay. Ugh, the detail. We get to the, uh, back to the yellow door, right? And this art buyer decides, I'm going to buy this piece of art, this cat, for $50. Well, back in 1959, that was a lot of money. Today, that's $50. That won't even get you a video game. Back then, it could get you 15 I swear. There weren't even video games back then, but still. But, you know, I have a note here that $50 for an art piece is more than what artists get today. So it makes sense that he's like, wow, that's a lot of money. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Sorry about going all inflation on you, but I had to make the joke of artists get paid diddly squat because they get paid diddly squat. People think art is free and it takes no time at all, but it in fact takes months, if not, well, weeks, days, months, years, whatever to complete. Let's continue. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep inserting my art, my artistic, like, values into things, and I just, so apparently, other than Maxwell, there's only one other performer, and he's singing very loudly. Now, at this point, Walter comes in, and he's a hot shot. You know, he's got a cane, he's got nice clothes, he's got a nice hat on. Ugh, he's a hot shot, man. People are looking at him. He's he's the talk of the town, right? We now are introduced to Alice. And comparing Alice to Walter, people prefer Walter to Alice, which shows a lot about her character. Nobody likes Alice. She is a pain in the butt. And the the beatniks that when I said before when the beatniks said when the beatniks are my favorite characters, this next line shows it. Alice has come to spread cheer and cholera. That killed me every time I watched it. I watched this movie twice, and every time he said spread cheer and cholera. I died laughing. It was so funny. So, you know, because he's only done, like, a male figure or it's been something about death, you know, repetition is death. I mean, Frankie was supposedly a male cat. Lou was a male cop. So they're like, go ahead. Do something that's not male. Do a female for once. You know, do a female sculpture. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. Well, we know at this point that... Well, actually, no, we don't. Actually, yeah, we do. At this point, we know that if you get Walter mad, he will make a sculpture out of you. Nobody seems to put two and two together. But also, one of the Beatniks is like, you ain't an artist until you do a nude. Well, um... I don't think I've done a nude, so I guess I'm not really an artist. Sorry. Uh, another thing that made me die laughing was the uh, make a sculpture out of this. And he just crushes whatever it is in her hand. And he goes, there you go. It's called hand. 
Ooh, the sarcasm. Ooh, the anger. Ooh, the amount of cockiness that Walter has is amazing. I need that level of confidence in my life, man. It's called hand. Enjoy your friggin' sculpture, Alice. Ooh, get wrecked. Get wrecked! Uh, so let's continue on. Walter's in the phone booth and he looks like a freaking creep. He's like, hey, uh, let's, uh, let's do the sculpture thing. I'm like, alright, cool, let's do it. I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken that he, um, he told her this. Oh yeah, no, he goes to her house. That's right. He, away from everybody else. I believe this is to kind of alleviate suspicion so that people don't think that he's actually killing people or whatever. That This is just a sculpture that he's made himself. But anyway, so she gets back to his apartment and she starts taking off her clothes. She starts stripping and she mentions how it's hot. And he's like, yeah, well, if it's too hot or whatever, it's bad for the clay. It'll start melting. Which, you know, back to whenever Leonard has the heat dealing, he's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. The heat because of the clay. If you keep clay cold, it will keep in its place. If you keep clay hot, it will start to melt. I'm pretty sure. I don't fully remember. I do want to mention the face that he makes whenever he kills her. What kind of face is that? How do you how do you do that face? How do, how are they like that's a good face? Use that face. The one that looks like he's orgasming. Use that one. So we go to the next scene, and apparently all the artists live together, or at least they eat together every morning. Like, like why is this? Why are they just there? Why are they established? Why are they together? Why is this where they're at? I don't know. But we also see that Maxwell is very, very demanding. <laughs> He's extremely demanding. He wants to see this piece now. You know, it cannot wait. We need to see this piece. Well, we get to uh, this party that they're having at the at the yellow door, and the music is very happy. You know, it's very happy. It's a it's a different tone than the rest of the movie. You know, he Walter gets some wine. He gets a little bit a little bit drunk, and you know, him and Carla kiss, which is what he's been wanting to do this whole time. And, you know, Carla gets all cute. She rests her head on his shoulder. And, she, you know, she's like, you know, adult. She's like adorable. And then, you know, Wal Maxwell, not Walter. Maxwell has a monologue, his his artistic medium of choice. And he starts talking about death. He also repeats four times that Walter Paisley is born. Let's remember that that repetition is death. And he repeats Walter Paisley is born four times. He also mentions about playing silent instruments, silken cymbals, and rubber gongs. These are these are, are, are instruments that don't make noise. So he's saying to be quiet about it, to not let people know. So I can't, you can't tell whether these people actually respect him or if they're still making fun of him, if this is a joke that has gone on just too long. If it is, it's a very, very morbid joke. And, you know, he has a, a crown. And I was like, what is on his crown? I looked at it. Like, what is on his crown? They're sculptor's tools. It's, it's a chisel 
and and something else, but the, it, a chisel and a hammer or something. Like they're that those are. I was wondering what they were, but they're they're sculpture tools. So Walter is drunk at this point. He has had a lot of alcohol, and this seems to be the height of his career. Everyone is around him. They're all you know enjoying his company. They all you know like him, and he's just like any other artist, like any other person. He's afraid to be forgotten, which is understandable. He stumbles home. And then we get introduced to a saw blade. Saw blade. I have it very big in my notes. It's a saw blade. He chops this dude's head off. And the town crier comes around and he's, you know, doing town crier things. Because, you know, this is 1959. When they still had town criers, I guess. Walter goes to the yellow door. And he shows Leonard the bust. The bust is very, very, very scary. I don't like the face on this thing. It, it's gross. It's weird. It looks almost like Murdered Man version 2. Like, it, it doesn't look, it doesn't look fantastic. So Walter doesn't see anything wrong with what he's been doing. Killing people, covering them in plaster. He doesn't see anything wrong. There's nothing, he's just like, I'm killing people and people are liking me, so I'm just going to keep going with it. He's deluded by this fame. Then they have like this art show for Walter because he's a big famous artist now. So Maxwell decides, hey, I'm going to go to the show anyway. And he's like, I'm going to wear a nice three-piece suit, but I'm not taking off my sandals. My sandals stay on, the sandals stay on during sex. Like, that's what Maxwell's like, right? And that kind of shows us that, you know, he's being a true friend of Walter. He's not making fun of him. He genuinely thinks he's a good artist. You know? And he goes to Walter, I'm not going to wish you good luck. Because that would, that would mean you couldn't get by on your ability alone. Like, oh my god, what a line to say. What a line to say. You know, I'm not going to wish you good luck. I believe you can get by with the your, with your innate ability alone. He can get by on his own ability. That means so much, so much to say that kind of thing. To those of you who are not artists who are listening to this, I recommend talking to your artist friends and, 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 and complimenting them on what they're doing because art is not an easy thing to do. And, and to say, you know, wishing you good luck would demean you in that you couldn't get by on your ability alone is, is mind-blowingly supportive. It is fantastic. Support your local art friends. I want to put that out there. Support your local art friends. They are struggling, they are having a difficult time, they want to improve themselves. Give them some attention. Give them some time, give them a share. It's free to share stuff on Facebook now, on, on any social media you go on. It's free to do that. It, they might inspire somebody else, you know. Let's continue. I'm sorry, I keep getting wrapped up in this. But, so, there's a, a funny part. I'm sorry to go from really serious to really funny, but... 
it <laughs> the the bum empties out his hat of ashes, and when he turns his hat upside down, it's just like this whole gallon just pours out of his hat, which is really funny. Uh, so we notice that Walter is kind of like getting hung up on things. He gets hung up on the on the monologue in the beginning. He gets hung up on Carla. He gets hung up on just people around him. He gets hung up on a lot of things. And this is foreshadowing a little bit. When I said before with Alice about whenever he gets mad at you, you know, Walter only makes a statue whenever he's mad at people. You know, excepting Frankie and... Well, we, we see his reaction with, with Alice. And we know as soon as that that sort of things clicked, he sort of decides, yeah, I am going to kill. But, you know, Carla refuses him whenever he confesses his love. He gets kind of mad at her for doing that. So we go, we go back to the yellow, house, the yellow door, and there's an art show with literally only four pieces of art. We have Dead Cat, Murdered Man... Uh, whatever he named Alice's, and we have this bust. Right, we only have those four pieces. Carla rubs off the thumbnail and is like, uh, so there's a dead body in here? And Walter's like, yeah, I made them immortal. I can make you immortal too. Like, all he wants to do, literally all he wants to do is live with Carla, right? And we see, we, we see genuinely that, like, whenever he kills someone and then covers them with, with clay, that's considered art. That's considered art to him. So it's all coming together at this point. You know, he wants to be immortal. He doesn't want to leave this position. He wants to continue being this famous. This, what He wants to be this person, right? So everybody finds out that there's bodies in these in these sculptures. And, you know, the cops and Maxwell decide or cop the cop and Maxwell decide to chase after Walter. Maxwell's also wearing freaking sandals, which is not a good idea. Leonard already knows that these people are dead. He regrets not telling anybody. You can tell in his face he regrets it. Which, you know, I would regret it too. I would be really like Kind of, kind of sad. I didn't tell anybody. Hey, he's killing people. Anyways, uh, so there's these disembodied, these disembodied voices, and they're just saying Walter, Walter, Walter. I'm not sure if this is a psychosis of his or if it's just exposition, but it, it's it's a creepy feeling, you know. And you, know, Walter does what he's what he does best runs away from his problems he doesn't confront them head on they keep repeating Walter now remember repetition is death repetition is death and they keep saying Walter 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 so there's the cat that he sees and it kind of comes together you know it comes together as as this cat shows up that looks kind of like Frankie we assume so, we find that 
Walter isn't running from the cops. He's running from his brain, from the, his mind, from that what what's constraining him right now. And he says, I'm going to hide where they'll never find me. He's not talking about the cops. He's talking about the voices. He's talking about these voices. And, and where are they not going to find him? Where is he going to be immortal? So he decides to cover himself in clay. Now, of course, if this wasn't a black and white, you could see more clearly that he was actually covered in clay, but he he covers himself in clay, and, and, and he wants to be immortal. So they go into his apartment. They see him with clay all over his body, hanging. And they go, he would have called this hanging man. And then that's the end. The end of a bucket of blood. I liked it. I did like it. It was a very different movie from normal. Um, in conclusion, I would say that Walter is a very, very creepy person. I'm not sure if he was mentally ill or if he just was whacked in the head. You know, if, if he just wasn't good enough or whatever. Like he, he just didn't... I don't know. It, it, it seemed like they needed to, to emphasize who he was a little bit more. So, like, instead of making fun of him, we could have been on his side. And knowing, like, he has a mental disability or... Like, he seems pretty good functioning by himself. He just doesn't seem all there with it. Uh, also, it needed more beatniks. Get more beatniks in there. Uh, so let's go with the proclusion. What was my proclusion? Well, there were many loose ends that were tied up. So the thing with the police, the thing with the clay, the thing with all this stuff was was tied up really well. Nice, nice knot. It was very well written and directed. It was it was really good. Uh, also, the story makes sense. As an artist, as someone who's aspiring, someone who is new to the field, getting recognition is what you look for the most, and it is—it's flawless the way that they that they um, did it. And in my notes, I have should be redone. Well, I found out it is redone. It was redone called the Death Artist. I haven't looked at it. I haven't seen it, but I know that it is a thing. So. Maybe next week, maybe not next week. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'm not going to watch it just yet. I have other B-movies to watch. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for enjoying this. Uh, if you enjoyed it. If you didn't enjoy it, then you didn't make it to this part. So, huh, sorry. Sucks to be you. Um, so, next week, I don't really have anything planned. I don't have a uh, a new movie to watch. I mean, I do. I just haven't picked one yet. So, I'm also thinking of doing an intersperse of Beast for Bad and Jacob All Trades. Just to sort of freshen it up, liven it up, make it a bit bit more loose and a bit more interesting for people to, to listen to. Instead of just me rambling on for 45 minutes talking about a movie that no one's ever watched. But we'll figure something out next week. Uh, let me know if you like the change. 
uh, the change of the found music or whatever I called it, outsider music. We'll 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 we'll, we'll get a stride at some point. I'm not sure when, but we'll get a stride. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, I hope next week is actually next week and not a month from now. I hope it's not friggin' August or September that you're getting episode three of this, but I, uh, I can't tell exactly, but adult life is way crazy and way too crazy for me. So until next time, I've been Jake. This has been B is for bad, bad, bad. Here's some.